when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Well, hello. Welcome to another episode of From Hostage to Hero. You guys, we did it. We are the top rated book at Trial Guides, the first book ever to receive 100 reviews. In fact, we're at 103 reviews, and I could not have done it without you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You heard me. You got it done before I came back from medical leave, and I am just, I'm just on cloud nine. Thank you so much. Guess what's next? <laughs> well, two things. One, we're not at 100 yet for podcast reviews. So if you wouldn't uh, just take a moment to go wherever you listen to your podcast and give us a star review there. You don't even have to type anything, although I love reading those. Um, and then my next goal, of course, because I have goals all the time. In fact, we're going to be talking about this today and how that has got me in trouble. But this one hasn't, uh, at least not yet, is to get to 500 reviews at Trial Guides. So keep them coming. But thank you so much for the reviews. And we're going to do a uh, listener, not a listener, a reader shout out. This is from Jedediah B. And he says, baby lawyers can start out on the right foot. That's how he titles his review. He says, I have not yet tried a jury trial. So I thought that I might start behind when I decided to read Hostage to Hero. However, I found that was not the case. I found that the skills Sari teaches are applicable to life, to my clients, and in social settings. I increase my abilities in other aspects of life, not just to juries and in voir dire. I look forward to using the skills I learned from Hostage to Hero on my first trial, and I hope this means I will not have to unlearn bad skills I was taught. Awesome, Jedi, because I do hear a lot from people who said, oh, where was this book 20 years ago? And I have to unlearn all these things. And in fact, I'm going to be doing a podcast here in the next couple months about the concept of emptying your cup, meaning getting rid of all of your preconceived ideas, notions, learning in order to be able to fully integrate and, and learn the H2H method. So be uh, stay tuned for that. But thank you again for your review. And again, if you haven't reviewed the book, you can do so at trialguides.com. And again, we ask that you review the podcast as well. Well, today we are talking about when growth gets out of control. In fact, that's kind of what started this whole journey that I've been on. And as you heard last week, I had some amazing insights and I'm going to share some of those insights with you today. And then I'm going to take the next couple podcasts to go into some trial consulting things and trial-ish type things um, because of some things that came up while I was gone. And so we'll be talking about that as well. Uh, the Designed Alliance for one and fear being unprofessional. That quote by Rick Friedman sent people through the roof. And so I have some thoughts on both those things in upcoming podcasts. But today we're going to talk about when growth gets out of control. And if you've been following my journey, you know that I have... Uh, had, so nice to say that in the past tense, uh, stage three breast cancer. Through that whole process, I also found out that I had thyroid cancer completely unrelated. Like what the hell people? Um, I just found out like a week ago that I now have gallstones as well. So I might have to have another surgery. <laughs> just 
this is nuts. As my husband says, you know, probably this would be all of us if we were under such a microscope like I am. But it, I'm just feeling like, man, I'm breaking down. But you know what? I'm getting all this behind me so that 2022, I'm going to be the healthiest version ever. So I've been on this journey, right, um, of since getting my diagnosis, New Year's Eve 2020. And as I mentioned in the last podcast, I've really had some time over the last 12 weeks, again, never ever having taken 12 weeks off in my life, to really look at my stuff. <laughs> and just to give you an example of some of my stuff, and the only reason I share this is not to overshare, although I probably do overshare, but it's to relate to you because I, I hear from so many of you, man, I have the same issues. I, I'm so glad that you're speaking about these things out in the open. And so my, my intention in sharing my journey is not to hopefully bore you to death with what I'm going through, but is to relate back to maybe some of the things that you're going through or have gone through or will be going through. So see if any of this relates to you, because this is definitely some of the things that I've struggled with in my life. First of all, always having to be producing. That's a big one for me and not and feeling lazy if I wasn't producing. Never having enough time, always feeling like I was under the gun, always feeling like I was out of control, always feeling like I could never uh, reach the things or do the things that I really wanted to do because I was having to take care of business uh, literally and figuratively because of that, creating crazy schedules that I could never maintain, putting all this stuff in my schedule and then not doing it, and then beating myself up because I didn't do those things and feeling, again, like I was lazy and being super, super hard on myself. Is this sounding familiar? I hear from so many of you, especially you women trial attorneys, not to say that men don't have these things, but especially as women, um, feeling like you're just never measuring up. You're never getting it all done. You're always having to be producing, never getting to do what you want to do. And so what I recognized over this last 12 weeks that a lot of this comes out of like my personal philosophy, meaning I'm not a religious person. I grew up with religion, but I left the religion back uh, well, when I turned 30. So it's been almost 20 years. And I now, it's weird. I went toward agnostic, then atheist, and now I'm kind of finding my way back toward in the Eastern spirituality range. It's interesting how we change and grow as we get older. But my philosophy is on why the reason we're here is to grow and to learn, right? So there's that growth word again to grow and to learn. And so I became very early in my life a self-help junkie. You know, I just read everything I could read. I, I went to my first therapy appointment when I was 16. I, I've just always been in this place of trying to improve. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to improve yourself or your life, but growth can get out of control. In fact, isn't that what cancer is? You know, I just was struck by, <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh about cancer. I mean, what else can you do? But <laughs> the fact that that's exactly what cancer is. Cancer is normal cells growing out of control, particularly the kind of uh, breast cancer I had, which is HER2 breast cancer, which HER2 is a naturally occurring protein in a woman's body, maybe even in men's, but I don't know. But when it grows out of control, that's where you get this very aggressive breast cancer that I had had. I love keep saying that. So growth is fine until it gets out of control and then suddenly it's not fine. The quest to be better can be dangerous. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm saying dangerous. I mean, look at what it, what it brought in my life. Again, I don't know that my stress and all this being hard on myself and all these things caused my cancer. And I'm not, I'm certainly not blaming myself. You know me by now. And you know, if you're in the H2H crew, we teach loving ourselves to better lives. I mean, that's becoming almost a a saying that I say all the time. We're loving ourselves to better lives. We're loving ourselves to better careers. We're not going to take ourselves down in order to build ourselves back up. We're just not doing that. That's just not how we do things at the H2H crew. So I'm not saying that I caused my cancer. I'm blaming it. But I am saying that the growth that I was pursuing constantly and consistently in my mind definitely had an impact on the growth that then raged out of control in my body. You know, it wasn't until I got my um, certification and, and well, actually the first class I went to in coactive training. By the way, if you want to go to coactive.com, you'll see on there a fundamentals course that you can take in coaching. And you say, why would I take a coaching course? Um, because it's all about how to ask questions and be a good listener. I think that's probably pretty important for a trial attorney. Highly recommend you take the fundamentals course. Um, a lot of people have done the free webinar that they offer and have said it's terrible. And uh, I don't know what to say about that. I, I, that's very disappointing. But then the people who I've who've come back to me and said, sorry, I did the free webinar and it was terrible. Do you still think I should take the class? I said, yes, take the class. Have taken the class and loved it. So I'd skip the free webinar, <laughs> sign up for the class, and go and take it. Now, in CTI, which is Coactive Coaching, uh, and the reason we call it Coactive is that it's really a blend between doing and being. So in the Coactive model, they talk about if you have one of, if you have too much of either one of those things, you're out of balance. So if you're constantly doing and just doing for doing's sake, that's going to burn you out and you're not connected to your values. You're not even sure why you're doing the things you're doing in the first place. That's not a good place to be. But the same thing can be said by too much being, right? Just sitting and meditating on a mountaintop and never getting anything done is also not going to forward our lives and, and the goals and things that we want to achieve. So it's really about the balance. And I got to tell you that I have been out of balance. Does this sound familiar, right? Constantly, constantly doing, 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 doing. My whole life has been about doing. And this last summer, these last 12 weeks that I have had off on the medical um, uh, leave, I have been forced, I was forced to be in the being space. Now, what this constant wanting, yearning for growth and betterment has produced, I realized, and I think this will also sound familiar to many of you, is this feeling of angst. I, I've, I've brought this to so many coaching sessions and therapy sessions. I've journaled about it for, for probably 20 years, but it's this angst. And the best way that I can explain this angst that I've carried around with me, and I mentioned it in last week's podcast, has finally found the answer to my angst, which I, guys, I cannot tell you is such a huge thing for me. But the best way that I can describe it is this constant dissatisfaction with myself and my life. Now, I always attributed this, this angst to outside forces. So I didn't have enough money. That's why I had angst. I didn't own our, my dream home. So that's why I had angst. I didn't own a beach house, which I've always wanted to have. So, you know, that's why I had this angst. I was overweight. I didn't have, I didn't write a book yet, you know, which I always had on my to-do list. 
And so I'd constantly play this when then, right? When I have my dream house, when I have my beach house, when I'm making enough money, when I have a, you know, a great book out there, then I'll be happy. Then this angst will go away. And guess what? I have all of those things. In fact, this last year, I sat down after, you know, my breast cancer diagnosis and I was forced to slow down and I wrote down all the things that I achieved and I saw that I have plenty of money. And I saw that we bought a beach house. And I saw that we just moved into our dream house this last March. And I saw that I've been losing weight. I'm not where I want to be yet, but I've down 37 pounds. And I do have a book. In fact, now it has over 100 five-star reviews. And I thought, uh-oh. I have all the things that I thought would get rid of this angst. And yet... The angst is still here. And boy, was that ever a moment of like existential crisis. When I realized that all these years of therapy, all this coaching, I've never gotten rid of this angst. And I've always thought if I got these things that I'd always had on my bucket list done or achieved or purchased, that I would finally get rid of it. And now I've achieved or purchased or, or done the things. And it was still here. Holy hell, that was, a, that was a big moment for me. And then I had this breast cancer diagnosis on top of it. And I was thinking, I've achieved all these things and now I could die. And I'm still unhappy. This is not cool. And I tell you, over the last 12 weeks, I was able to finally figure out why that was and dissolve this angst once and for all. Now, if you are someone who's been experiencing this type of angst in your own life, I'm sure at this moment, right now, you're thinking, yay, sorry has the answer. <laughs> I would love to tell you that I have this three-step plan because you know I love my threes. And here's how you're going to do it. But you know what? It didn't unfold that way. And I doubt it's going to unfold that way for you. What I had to do, and I'm going to walk you through it now, I'm again, I am going to give you some things, actually more than three things. Can you believe it? But what I had to do is I was forced. I don't even know that I consciously chose. I was forced to be in a being state for 12 weeks. I was unable to do. I was physically unable to do. I could not even read most of the time because I was so sick or tired. I couldn't even read. I was forced to be with myself. Forced. Because I tell you, when I first had this 12 weeks and I was like, okay, I'm taking 12 weeks off. I'm, I got to have my surgery and I've got to recover and then I got to do radiation. I thought to myself, when it first started, two weeks in, you know, and I was feeling better. I got the drains out. You know, I'm healing up. I'm like, okay, 10 weeks to get shit done. Right? That's where my brain goes. That's my pattern. You know, I, in fact, I have this time pattern. See if this is also familiar where I constantly wanted big swaths of time so that I could figure it out. What is it? The angst. I wanted to figure out why I had this angst and get rid of it. So I would crave these big, big swaths of time where I had a week off with nothing to do or, you know, a weekend off with nothing to do. And then I would get the time and I... I'd be so anxious, I would fill it up with things to do, and I'd never figure out my, my angst. Rinse and repeat. 
And so what I did instead is that all that growing was, I recognized all that time that I was spending improving myself was a way to avoid being with myself. See, for me, having grown up in trauma, many of you know that I grew up in domestic violence and a very traumatic childhood, and in many ways, a very traumatic um, young adulthood, that being in trauma is just not a, a state that you, that you inhabit. Because the present moment when you are in a traumatic situation or could be in a traumatic situation at any time is not a pleasant place to be. So for me, it wasn't safe to be in being. All these years, I kept telling myself that all this producing would get me the things that I thought would make me happy. When in fact, all of the doing was just simply a way of avoiding being because being wasn't safe for me. And when I look at it that way and all the years I beat myself up for when I couldn't, you know, maintain my crazy schedules or produce the things that I wanted to produce in the time that I wanted to produce them, I now look at that and I look at myself with such compassion because here was a young little girl who couldn't just be and could never relax because at any moment her dad could sweep the dinner off the the dining room table. At any moment, a fight could break out. So you constantly had to be on alert. That is not a space where being is honored. In fact, being was something that you wanted to escape from. You wanted to keep yourself busy so that you didn't have to be in that anxiety. I had to retrain over the last 12 weeks my nervous system because I had never allowed myself in 49 years to be in that anxious place because every time I would get that big swath of time, I'd get so anxious and I wasn't realizing that it was all my old trauma coming up that I would start looking for things to do to keep my mind busy. But when I had these last 12 weeks and I didn't have the opportunity to distract myself, when I didn't get the, 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 to the place where I could just not have to think about my anxiety, I finally started to heal the angst. You know, I first started to try to figure this out in my brain. Because as you've heard me say, I love my brain. I, I want to use my brain. I, I think it's the best part of me. But this is something that I couldn't do, not even with my therapist or even journaling. The more I tried to talk about it, the more I tried to like get at it, the more dead ends I hit. Why? Because my brain was wired from trauma. My brain was wired from a doing space. So the more I tried to figure it out, it was more doing. I had to go inward. I had to go to the body. The one thing that I had ignored for years and was now riddled with disease. That was the only place I could go. Trying to think my way out of it, trying to write my way out of it, trying to talk my way out of it was not working. My body was begging me to pay attention and go inward. And I kept telling myself, how is this going to help anything? I've got to cognitively understand this angst. And what I, what I recognize is, no, I needed to bodily, physically, present moment awarenessly <laughs> figure this out. I wasn't going to be able to do it with the old ways. And so I meditated and I slept and I rested 
and I did yoga and I exercised and I listened to my body. And all the while, my saboteur kept rearing its ugly head saying, this isn't enough. You're being lazy. You could be doing things right now. And for the first time in my life, I was like, nope, this is exactly what I need to be doing right now, even though it's as uncomfortable as fuck. Because I, I wanted to crawl out of my skin, y'all. And I think that many of you will relate. And here's what I found. I'm reading from my journal back when I wrote this down over the last uh, several weeks. Maybe the angst is a yearning for something deeper, a true knowing of myself from the inside out. All this time I've been searching for something outside of me to fix it, meaning the angst, when it's going inside that will fix this. Facing my demons, being in the middle, sitting with my anxiety. What I mean by being in the middle is I tend to do black and white thinking, which I'm also going to podcast on. Maybe it, meaning what is it, what is the angst, is a compassionate knowing of myself, my body crying out to pay attention, my presence wanting to be here now. Now I know it's not super sexy or mind-blowing. It's simpler than I even ever imagined. And believe me, I've over the past 20 years have gone everywhere, books, uh, coaching retreats, coaching, therapy, to try to figure out what this is. And I know it sounds just so ridiculous, but the answer was always here. It was always me. This summer, I stopped fighting myself and I finally befriended myself. I made peace with myself. And this is what I want for you. Because I see so many of you fighting yourself, being so awful to yourself. And I've been there. I know exactly what that is. And you go to sleep disappointed with yourself and you wake up fearful for what the day holds to see if you can live up to your own standards, which nobody could live up to. Nobody could live up to mine. I certainly couldn't. To do that, to really befriend myself, to to make peace with myself, I had to trust the process. I had to trust that doing nothing would lead to something. I didn't have my work to distract me. I wanted to fill that 12 weeks with with doing, but I had to resist that urge. And in many ways, I, I was forced to resist that urge. But here's the thing. You don't need 12 weeks to come back home to yourself. You can start right now. Let me do the work for you. (laughs) Took me 12 weeks to get here. It it doesn't have to take you that long. And if it does, great. The journey's not going to be super exciting or super fun, but it'll be so worthwhile. So the first thing I would tell you is doing on its own will never bring you happiness ever. Neither will achievements or things. I know you hear this all the time and I heard it all the time and we, we all nod our heads and we go, that's true. But then if you look at your life, what are you so trying to achieve? What is your doing doing? That's going to give you a lot of answers there. The second thing, which sounds just so ridiculous, but it's so true. I'm just radiating this from the inside out, my friends, is that everything you need, you have right now. It's 
in you at this moment. The third thing I would give you is a question to ask yourself, which is where and how am I avoiding myself? Are you buffering something that we do to avoid feeling like drinking or overeating or oversleeping or whatever else it may be or overworking? How are you avoiding yourself? Fourth, build in time to just be. Maybe it's just sitting with a cup of tea out on your back deck with nothing else to distract you. Maybe it is meditating. You know, some people go, I've tried meditating. I can't do it. <laughs> That's exactly what meditation is for. It's to learn how to do it. It's to learn how to be with yourself. It's to learn how to not be attached to your thoughts. Whatever you're resisting, I'm going to suggest is something you need to follow up with. If you're like, I'm not a meditator, then you need to meditate. If you're like, I would never do yoga, then you need to do yoga. There's something there that you're avoiding. So plan times to just be. Mark it on your calendar just like an appointment that you don't miss and see what comes up. Don't resist it. It, it might be anxiousness. It might be depression. It might be whatever. But these are, the, these are the things that are causing the angst in your life. And finally, declare a truce with yourself. Stop fighting yourself. Stop making yourself your enemy. Befriend yourself. I'm going to be sharing with you in more depth how I got to this place, but this was the overall view <laughs> of what happened. I'll be sharing, going into deeper things. For those of you who are interested, I hope you're all interested. Um, but thanks for listening, my friends. I did want to tell you that we are opening the crew again in October. That'll be our last open for 2021. So make sure you go to fromhostagehero.com and get on the wait list so you don't miss the open. We are doing amazing shit in there. I'm so glad to be back. I mean, nearly everyone stayed throughout the summer, even when I wasn't there. And I want to thank you for staying. And now that I'm back, we got things in store that are going to blow your socks off. Here's the thing. When you join, that's your price forever as long as you stay in. And the things that we have planned, we're going to be charging a lot more down the road. You're going to get those things and not be upcharged. So the earlier you get in, or if you're in it already, stay in, the better off you'll be. Stay tuned, my friends. Talk soon, my friends. Thanks for joining me today. If you benefited from what we talked about or just want to let me know you enjoy the podcast, go ahead and leave me a review on whichever platform you use to listen to From Hostage to Hero. Add a comment and I just might give you a shout out on an upcoming episode. In the meantime, head over to fromhostagetohero.com to order your copy of my book, From Hostage to Hero, Captivate the Jury by Setting Them Free. And to get on my mailing list, I send out trial tips and encouragement right to your inbox every single week. And while you're there, make sure you join the waitlist to become an H2H crew member when we reopen. We only open a few times each year and you do not want to miss out. I look forward to our time together in next week's episode. Talk then.